It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Captain America, the first Avenger. Hey, movie maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm joined by my brother, Dusty. What is going on, Dust? Hey, buddy, how are you doing? Doing good, thanks. You know, I'm occasionally going to, uh, you know, going to the movies at least once a week or so. And, uh, you know, before the before the weekend comes out, I always look to see what movies are coming up. And guess what is playing this Friday at my local theater? Um, let me think. It's a 25-year anniversary movie. Goonies. No, I wish. Schindler's List. Sh- so, oh, Schindler's guess List. what movie I am not going to go see this weekend? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, if I wanted to be bummed out, sure, great acting, interesting story, um, very well directed and everything, but do I want to be sad? No, I don't want to. So, it's not on my movie watching list this weekend. Yeah, it's definitely a great, great story. And you're right, the acting is phenomenal in it. I just after I could I can only really watch that once because it just it drains the energy out of me and I just oh man it, it's it's a great movie but I can't watch it anymore yeah me too and that reminds me of another movie I will never watch again but I absolutely loved and that was the curious case of Benjamin Button I can't I cried the last 45 minutes of that movie or something as he was just getting younger and younger a kid than a baby and actually dying oh man how yep. hard is that to watch? I thought I was thinking, man, I don't know if I want to watch this movie this number of years ago when it first came out, but I'm glad I did because it was a fun story to watch. Not really necessarily fun and, and like ha ha fun, but it was enjoyable and mm-hmm. it was a new take and was really good to watch. But at the same time, it still was so much of emotional drainage out of you that when you got done, you're thinking, man, I wish that something better could have happened. And, you know, he could have had a normal life and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I'm with you. And so what did you think about, um, actually, before I get to Captain America, I wanted to tell you that today I'm going to be taking my kids to Wreck-It Ralph. So the first time I watched it by myself because I had never seen it and the kids were doing schoolwork. And so um, since I've seen it once, I I was like, yeah, this seems like a good movie. The kids really like part one. And so we're going to go watch it today at the $5 theater. Nice. Yeah, Tuesdays is it. It's perfect time to take family to the movies, you know? Yeah, and so Melissa's going too, so it's six of us. And with tax, it was like $32. So oh. like, hey, that's that's great. Because, you know, the kids get the discount. I get the $5 Tuesday at AMC Theaters. Uh, worked out really, really well. So um, hopefully they're going to enjoy it. More than likely, they're going to love it. Awesome, man. They'll totally get a kick out of it. So let's get to the movie, Captain America, the First Avenger. Man, I really enjoyed watching it again. This is probably, if I'd have to guess, eight times or so, my eighth time watching it, you know? I thoroughly enjoy this story. Now, out of all the MCU movies, I have been... I think I gravitate a lot towards this one. There are other ones I gravitate a little more towards, like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which we're definitely going to have to do. But um, yeah, I really love the Captain America like the the person or the character mm-hmm. um not necessarily the actor actor was he did great he did a great job but um the character and his resolve and i love how it, throughout the storyline you always see him in uh having the same perspective the same thinking like he doesn't change now one thing i got to ask you did you 
in watching Captain America the first time, I was thinking of the last time I just saw Captain America, which is in Avengers uh, number three, and how few lines Captain America had in Avengers three composed or compared to Captain America one, two, you know, Civil War and Winter Soldier and all that sort of stuff. Did you recognize how crappy his lines were in Avengers three versus compared to Captain America one? Uh, you mean the quantity of lines or the quality of his lines? I would say both quality and quantity. Quantity in Avengers 3, he had very few lines, like maybe four. Yeah. But the, quali- uh, the quality of what he was saying was horrific. Uh, I didn't really notice that. Everything about his role in that movie was just fine because I kind of realized that they have so many characters. And as they wrote and directed the movie, they kind of treated it. Uh, like it was Thanos's movie. It was his hero's journey through the movie. So all of the heroes that we know kind of have to take a sideline, except for those that were really involved with everything. And so like, you know, Captain and, uh, I'm sorry, not Captain, Iron Man and Doctor Strange, they were a big part. The Guardians were a big part. But Captain America's part was really small. And I'm hoping in the next movie, it's going to expand and he'll have a bigger role in it. Well, that that does sound like it, it could be a good theory, or a good theory, or good thinking that they would go, and I fully appreciate that. Um, I it, it started when you see Captain America in Avengers three, where the like he he saves the day, and the only thing he says, he just looks at him, doesn't even like say hi, how's it going, hey, you know, great seeing you guys, all that sort. Of, he just says, let's get to the plane. That's it. Now the very last line in Avengers three got me. And I, I was like, why does it sit so well or so horribly with me? Do you remember the very last line? Not sorry. Not the very last line. One of the last lines where he is going to go, like everybody goes after Thanos. Thanos just makes it to earth and Captain America says, okay, right. He says something. Do you remember that line? Well, he just said everybody on me. No, uh, that was when he's going to help. But when he actually sees Thanos for the last time or the first time and goes to fight him, he literally says, all right, everybody, eyes up. That's that's his line. I mean, he's right in front of you, like literally three feet away from you. And you say eyes up. No, what I, I like lines like and this is just me. I'm probably being really particular. Um, if you've seen Transformers, the movie, the cartoon movie, the very, very first one, um, R.C. Is it R- No, R.C. is the girl, right? um stack stack the green guy that that turns into the plane or the sorry the helicopter and the train and all that sort of stuff or the tank one of the two but anyways he says i got better things to do tonight than die and so i was like that that's a good line you know something like that rather than all right everybody eyes up you know it could be something better so the story line or the writing for captain america Avenger 3 was horrible but looking at captain america the first one I thought his lines were very well written, well thought out, and it really showed his character. Yeah, I agree with you there. I don't agree with you on the Avengers 3 stuff. I mean, they're the exact same writers for this movie and Avengers 3, Marcus and McFeely. They do a great job. Uh, I think you're just being overly picky on his lines. I thought everything that he said in the movie was just fine. And But I do agree with you that this movie, um, like everything he said is spot on. It really shows his character, what he's thinking and how he views the world and how he views his job as a soldier in this movie. So I agree with you there for sure. Yeah, the, what um, got me caught on the thinking of how crappy his lines were, I saw a an article that said, um, I can't remember what the actor's name is that plays Captain America. 
um, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans, yeah. Chris Evans said basically something like, um, you won't believe his, his last line in Avengers 4, how crappy it is, or something like that. And, you know, the the basically the writing is bad for his actual words that he's saying on screen. Anyways, that's what got me thinking. But getting back to Captain America, really, really liked the storyline. I like the development of the character, especially Captain America. You see, obviously being an origin story, you see what developed him to be like that. And I really, really loved how it was a doctor, um, was it, uh, I got er- Erskine, Dr. Erskine, he picked him like it was basically his guy to pick he picked the the guy that just had the strongest heart that wanted the best for people as opposed to the strongest person like a a normal captain would want not captain but like a general would want a soldier who follows orders and strong is fast and all that sort of stuff and i think it, it was a great way to show who captain america actually is Oh, without a doubt it was, and I really liked how they, they made it make total sense. The reason that you would choose him, the scrawny little guy, over anybody else is because what, what Dr. Erskine said was that that serum, it brings forth or it makes even more— enhances. It enhances, that's right, what's inside of you already. So it makes sense that they chose somebody who was just had incredible moral fiber, wanted to fight the bad guys. He hated bullies. Didn't matter his size, he's going to stand up to the bullies, you know. So it makes sense that that's what we needed uh, for that uh, for that super, zero, super soldier project. Yeah, I loved the scene. Or let me ask you, what is your favorite scene? I'll tell you my favorite scene. My favorite scene is him jumping on the grenade because that scene... It's it's probably my favorite scene in all Marvel movies. It's just he he just jumps on it. He's throwing away his own life so his fellow soldiers will survive and it tells you everything you need to know about Captain America. You are exactly nail on the head. That's like my absolute favorite scene of the entire movie. I actually got choked up when I saw that. That was fantastic. It mm-hmm. re- did remind me of another movie that came out it was a little while ago, actually a long while ago. Um, it was called Act of Valor. And Act of Valor was a great movie. Sky, I would highly recommend you seeing it. It's fantastic. What is super cool about it is they actually got Navy SEALs, actual Navy SEALs, to play the part of Navy SEALs. And so, you know, the, the director and the writers and all the producers got criticism that, you know, hey, these guys weren't actors. And like, yeah, they're not actors. They're playing themselves. Like this, even though I'm giving them lines, this is who they are. So anyways, the best scene, I won't say the best. There's there's tr- tons of great scenes in there. In fact, I'll say say one. One is absolutely amazing. It's like one of the opening scenes where they're, they're fighting bad guys. Um, he shows that the bad guys are about to take over and um, take over the the Navy SEALs. They're they're getting away and they go into the water out of a speeding truck and the bad guys are going to get them like in two seconds and then whipping around the corner of this into this river or of this river, ripping around the corner were these um, uh, military boats that have these huge, you would think of them like a Gatling gun or a mini gun, just unleashing just hell of metal all over them and you could see them lighting up this truck with with tracer bullets and it's just blowing them up and what was so cool is those scenes because these guys are navy seals they actually used live ammunition on that stuff and obviously the people were you know the actors were moved away and you know the the bad guys they but when they were blowing up trucks they were it was absolutely amazing to see that scene but in that movie it is obviously the exact same thing. So the, basically the act of valor, the reason why it's called that is the, um, the, the head or the lead of the Navy SEALs group 
there's a grenade thrown and they're in a big group and he's looking around. As soon as he sees a grenade, he sees everybody around him. He knows everybody's going to die or be really, really destroyed. So he literally jumps on the grenade and dies himself. I'm not sure when it came out compared to this, but yeah, that scene of just somebody selflessly giving up their life is just so, so powerful. And in Captain America, when you have um, Rogers doing that, he just didn't even think like it wasn't even a second thought. He's like, that's just something I got to do. If somebody's going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that about him. And something else I loved about him, it, it kind of leads to my first lesson learned. It's basically never give up. And Steve Rogers, he's the definition of just tenacity, right? I like how he, he just doesn't like bullies and he'll stand up to them no matter what, like I mentioned earlier. And this is what really got me behind this version of Captain America. You know, up until now, I've been I've known who Captain America was for 30 years because I've always read comic books, but I've never really been behind him. But this movie and Steve Rogers, his attitude, the way they portray him, the way Chris Evan portrays him, uh, just really got me behind this character. Now he's like one of my top three, probably because of that never give up attitude he has. I think for me, on top of that, and this goes to my um, lesson number two that I wrote down, is... Um, never give up attitude is absolutely fantastic. You could also see that in Tony Stark. But mm-hmm. what I see in Captain America, the reason why I love Captain America so much and the way they portray him in this movie is my lesson number two. It is be selfless and take care of others. Like he goes, always goes after bullies or, you know, he's going to stand his ground. He's not going to let them push him around. And this got me thinking of a saying. And with Captain Rogers being you know, never giving up, but he's also very humble. And that's what Dr. Erskine said. You know, a little guy is going to remember that what it's like to not have power. Somebody who's always had power, they're not going to know what it's like to not have power. So you are going to remember. That's why he pointed at his heart when he was dying. Erskine did. Said, remember who you are on the inside. Who's your heart? And so this got me of a thinking, of of a saying. So we want to, and this goes with my lesson too. So be selfless and take care of others. And you don't want to be a proud, a proud person like Tony Stark. He has a lot of great characteristics, but a lot of many faults that come with his, his pride. Now, the opposite of that is humility. And so here's the saying, humility is not thinking less of yourself, like putting yourself down, you know, making yourself look worse than other people. But humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even think about yourself, just like Captain Rogers did when he jumps on the grenade. He doesn't even think about himself. It's literally not even a thought. He jumps on the grenade to save everybody else. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's, it just speaks to his character. And you're absolutely right about that. He is selfless, 100%. Um, uh, uh, just going, just continuing on in this vein, you know, my, my second lesson is a really good one, I think. Uh, and this kind of applies to you, Dusty. You never know who is packing heat. And it was really cool when they entered that little shop there, seeing that old lady prompt Agent Carter with the code. But just in case she didn't have the code, she had a gun right there at hand, you know. It just, it reminded me of you and how you're always, uh, you have a personal carry, I don't know what you exactly call it, personal carry permit. And you're always packing heat, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. As as best as I can, like almost anytime you see me out in public, I will have a firearm on me. Um, and it's really what it really comes down to is protecting my family and protecting the people around me. Um, that's really all it comes down to, you know, for me, myself, yeah, it's good for me to have to protect myself, but I got four kids. I got a, a amazing wife that I got to take care of. And so I'm always carrying. And while I'm always carrying it, 
because I want to carry it when I'm around my family so I could protect them, I need to carry it every single day just so it's always a part of me, just like my phone or my wallet. Think about, would you ever leave your house without your phone? I mean, more than likely, you'll leave your house without your keys as opposed to your phone. So same thing with the firearm, my pistol, the um, uh, concealed carry permit. I actually have the firearm. But yeah, you're right. What's funny is, you know, she gets that big old uh, uh, machine gun that that she pulls out. Doesn't do very well with it, but (laughs) at least she she has has it. it. Yeah. yeah, you know, I don't have a concealed carry permit, but my hands are registered as deadly weapons, so I have something to defend my family with too. There you go. But you're all, yeah, another lesson, and you see this all, and this is one of my slight irritation about Captain America. He had a gun, but he very rarely ever used it. Everybody got so close that he could either punch him, kick him, or hit him with a shield. And he, or, you know, occasionally he'll throw it. He does it more in the um, uh, Winter Soldier. I think he throws it more, but. The guys have guns and they keep getting closer and closer and closer to them. So, hey, you got your registered, uh, you know, fists as uh, fists of fury. I am going to use my pistol and stay far away. Yeah, well, I'm always walking down the street yelling, come at me, bro. Come at me, bro. (laughs) And I'm ready to take them on with these fists of fury for sure. Nice. So uh, uh, that was your second lesson, right? Yuppers. So I wanted to ask you before we get into any more lessons, what was your rating on the movie man it's so hard to not give this a hundred i really can't think of anything that i i give it a hundred i love this movie there's no reason not to watch it it's endlessly rewatchable for me even though i've maybe only seen it eight times i guess you i guess i could give it like a 95 because it doesn't have a uh the humor that a movie like deadpool or guardians has so maybe a 95 just because of the lack of humor so you're saying 95 95 Got it. I'm giving it a 96. I am, oh, nice. Yeah, I'm right there with you because uh, I can watch this movie over and over again. And I think it's, I, I personally identify with Captain Rogers. And I'm like, man, he, the things that he does, I agree with. And even in like Captain, no, the uh, first Avengers movie where Captain America sees the big old planes, the you know, big old ships that'll fly and kill everybody. Um he said to, I think it was um, uh, Nick Fury, he said to him, you know, this is not freedom. Holding people at the barrel of the gun is not freedom. And doesn't um, uh, the punishment come after the breaking of the law or something? He said something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just identify so much with how he thinks and how he is that I really, really appreciate um, Captain Rogers. So I can watch this over and over again. And I have watched it many, many times. If it, it would take it over the top, if they had just a little bit more humor added into it. But uh, I think I was originally going to give it a 94, but it bumped up two notches. Do you want to know why it bumped up two notches? Yeah. Why? You don't know? Uh Uh-uh. Because there was a dude who actually says he was from Fresno and he was Asian. I was like, dude, this is awesome. Though there's, okay, that that makes total sense to me. But, you know, I I, I figured like uh, the reason why is because there was one line in the movie that would have actually said, you will be punished for your insolence. That line is in this movie too. (laughs) I thought maybe that would be why you bumped it up two points. (laughs) That was... uh, um uh, Red Skull said that. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't was it I don't remember if it was Red Skull. It was somebody though. But yeah, you know, I'm going to give it a 96. I got to bump it up 1 point for the insolence line. The insolence. Okay, not not because there's an Asian guy from Fresno in there. Well, that was that was pretty cool. That was fun to see that too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the first time cuz I think I watched it when I yeah, it was in Fresno when I first watched it. And there's a movie theater and it's dude, I'm from Fresno. That was like, yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> hey, you just mentioned it. Um 
the the whole the whole like that's why like you really identify big time with Captain America. So my guess is that in Civil War, which maybe we'll eventually cover that in this podcast, but just as a little uh, hitting on it right now, do you side with Captain America or Tony Stark on Civil War? Oh, wholeheartedly with Captain America. Yeah, me too. Yeah, 100%. freedom. Freedom is well, obviously being American. Number one, um, I love freedom. I love people not telling me what to do. Oh, I'll give you something. That, <laughs> so hopefully my uh, there's a certain few people won't be listening to the podcast. More, more than likely, they won't hear it. But I gotta give you something. So apparently my in-laws love to take family pictures. And it's been happening for a long time, for many years. I don't know. Ever since I've been married, probably 10 years. Uh-huh. But they love to dress the same. Oh, same. no. Right? Seriously. <laughs> the same Those colors. Those are the funniest this... family pictures. Oh, yeah. And they're the always same... so dated because they choose something that's cool right now, but in 10 years from now, you look pretty freaking lame. Yeah. And my wife is, she, you know, just get along. We want to have peace. You know, don't get, don't rock the boat because I'm the only one that doesn't like dressing like everybody else. It's it's the same color scheme. And if you have one color that's out of match, they're going to yell at you. Like literally, they're going to text you. This was horrible. We we This year, we even had our boys had a, um, their, the color scheme was gray, black, and white. And so the boys' shirts were gray, but they had a little of a blue tint in it. Especially in the sunlight, it was even more blue. And she got bad texts like, "Oh, you mean your your kid, your boys' uh, t-shirt or shirts? The button-up shirts were horrible and things like that." I'm like, "Come on, it's okay. just a picture." This number- is what you need to do, Dusty. You need to change your outlook on the situation, right? They are all taking it seriously. They they think this is super important. You need to do this ironically, right? Fit in 100% so that in 10 years from now, you can pull out these pictures and laugh at them with your kids. <laughs> like, that's, like do it and get into it, but don't do it because you want to do it. Do it because you want to laugh in the future at it. Seriously. That's an awesome idea. Flip the script on your attitude. Yeah. And so go ahead. I'm definitely going to do that because, dude, I got, I'm so irritated. I'm like, I don't want, this is going along with the freedom. I don't follow. I'm not a sheep. I don't keep doing what other people tell me to do. If you tell me to do something, I'm actually going to do the opposite. Yep. And I'm driven to do the opposite. And my wife's like, please just, you know, don't make everybody mad. I'm like, so I'm going to have to go take your, like, look at the, you know, five years or 10 years down the line. Look how dorky we were. I did this on purpose because I wanted everybody to know. (laughs) Anyways, that's a great point. But going along with the, the freedom aspect and... Definitely identifying with Captain Rogers in Avengers, or no, sorry, sorry, Civil War, where they're saying, you know, we need to be controlled by a body of people. Captain America, in my opinion, was absolutely right. It's still, even though it's not your decision anymore, it's other people's decision to tell you what to do. It's just a recipe for disaster, and that's what we see, you know, Avengers actually break up because of it. But yeah, I definitely see resonate with uh, Captain America. How about yourself? Yeah, me too. 100% Captain America's side. I can understand Tony Stark's side of things, but that whole side is like, I I, I couldn't go with that. I've got to be on Captain's side. I, I see Tony's point, but I would have to side with Captain for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And to take it so far as to fight against your people, like, like the, no, we're friends. You don't, like, that. I just, I, I was, you know, that, that Civil Civil War um, uh, episode or episode uh, movie, yeah, I could understand why they did it because it's in the comics and everything. But man, it was, I was kind of thinking, I wish they didn't happen. But 
Oh, well. Yeah, I, I wished also, and the first time I watched the movie, I was a bit disappointed. I know we're getting off track of Captain America First Adventure, but we'll come back to First Avenger soon. But just real quick, I, I, I kind of didn't like Civil War the first time I saw it because they were fighting, but then... I saw it a second time and then I was down for it because I just kind of understood the overall plan. And then when you see Avengers uh, Infinity War, you see how the Civil War purposely split them apart to give to give a little bit of nuance and a little bit of interesting uh, elements to Infinity War. That's a great point. Now, what's also really amazing, I am so amazed at the MCU and the directors and the writers, how they're all different or mostly different. Some, you know, kind of do one and the other and maybe two or three, but they are so diverse, but the storylines work out so well. Like what plays in a one goes into the other and the storylines keep meshing together. So I am thoroughly amazed at the MCU and how well they do the storyline and actually keep it all coherent. I agree with you 100%. I love it as well. So uh, what's your third lesson? Well, before we get there, I wanted to ask you, did you look up the um, Rotten Tomatoes score on this? Yes, I did. And I'm really shocked that the audience is 74% with the critics 5% higher at 79. What? The critics were higher? Yes, I, I'm just shocked at it. I can't. I just cannot fathom why the audience wouldn't like this more than the critics. I completely agree. That's just dumbfounding. You almost never see that other than, you know, some like raunchy, uh, you know, uh, off off you know market film or something like that i can't remember what they're, they're called but you know they, they love those 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 really insightful thoughtful movies where everybody gives yeah. like a zero and they give like a hundred exactly but, yeah yeah so i'm just dumbfounded that they gave it so low but oh well yeah. okay so i'll give you my first lesson okay my very very first lesson was the little guy can make a big difference mm. just plain as simple as that you know without reading too much into it because Obviously, if Rogers didn't get what he got, you know, um, the, the serum and made him the super soldier, um, he wouldn't have had the as great of an effect. But you never know. Rogers as himself could have gone on to do something else. You know, totally. he was that tenacious. He was that driven. And he had his principles. And so um, I didn't have this lesson. I'm just throwing this lesson in there. I've given this lesson before. But it goes with um, what Rogers thinks and uh, um, all the other times I've given this lesson. But... You, um, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. And I love that. Rogers absolutely stood for truth. He stood for, you know, against bullies. He, he knew what he stood for so that whenever something came out, attacked that thing he stood for, he was able to push back. 100%. I love that. It's a very good lesson right there. Uh, my third lesson is be respectful of everyone, even prisoners, because one day they may have a stick of their own. And if you remember when Dum Dum Dugan was being pushed into the cell by the Hydra guard, he told him to watch out. I might have a stick of my own one day. And and basically, like if you are a prison guard, it really does pay to be respectful and nice to the prisoners. Don't let them walk over you, but at least be nice to them, because if they ever overrun the prison, maybe they'll let you survive, you know? Yeah, you're not the type, the first guy that they're going to go after to try to kill because you're a horrible. Now, did I have, I might have told you the story, but I'm going to go ahead and say it again. So I used to work at the county sheriff's office in California, one of the cities in California, actually Fresno County. Um, So I used to work there and I got to know uh, there are deputies and there are officers. Officers work inside the jail 
and that there are deputies who are out in the field. And so the officers that are in the jail work with, um, uh, you know, criminals, convicted criminals that are inside the jail for however long. So anyways, I have a friend that worked inside the jail and he told me this lesson that he learned rather uh, harshly. So he, he thought, cause I asked him why he cusses all the time. And he says, you know what? Honestly, I literally had to learn that, that terminology because the prisoners would not do anything that I said unless I cussed and sounded mean and ornery and all that, because that's all they, you know, they're either their parents did it or their gang members did it, or that's what they know. And that's what they respond to. So I have to do that. Number one, but number two, I have to understand how to use it well and not over be overbearing so what yeah. he, this is this is a lesson he learned so when he first started working there he was doing that you know cussing and being you know mean and all that sort of stuff and um one of the guys said to him or inmates said hey why are you so mean he's all because i can or something like that translated further like the next i want to say month or two months later he was being mean and and just ornery trying to tell people what to do because hey these guys maybe maybe thinking you know they're beneath me they're criminals and all sort of stuff and so he so if you think of the prison this was a two-story prison or sorry the 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 the, um cell block was two stories the whole jail was like 10 stories but this one cell particular cell block you walk into the main area there's you know pull-up bar there's benches there's chests and all that sort of stuff but then you go a little further and then you go up these stairs into the second level and the first and second level in this area is where that's where the inmates sleep. Now, what happened was this is rather crazy. They were told the inmates were told not to hang up their laundry on the railing because the in officers need to be able to look into their cells to see what's going on. And so he had to go in there. And whenever they did that to hang up their laundry, obviously to hide what they're doing, he'd have to get in there and rip it down. And so he started to become, he was basically a jerk and really, really mean. So he gets in there, Russ, Russ is in there. He said, you know, I've told you guys so many times. He goes up the stairs, just huffing and puffing and you know, acting all mean. And he's maybe 5'10". He's probably about a good 220, like pretty muscular, pretty buff dude. But obviously there are much bigger guys than him. He goes up the stairs. He's all huffing and puffing. He snatches down the, the clothes. And then he realizes, because uh, two or three guys come out of the cell and they look at him like they're going to kill him. And he's all mean, get back in your cell. And he, in the back of his mind, he's thinking, oh my goodness, I'm alone. What, what did I get myself into? And so this one of the guys comes forward and goes up to him and says, hey man, I left that there, put it back. And he's all, no, you're not supposed to do that. And literally the guy started punching him. He got into a fight with this dude, got his baton out, started whipping. They tumbled down the stairs, a whole flight of stairs, while the other guards are rushing in, or, you know, the officers are rushing in. And what he learned from that lesson is, number one, he's, he's lucky to be alive or blessed to be alive. And number two, if you act like a jerk, they're not going to respect you even more. Like they're going to be against you. So man, whole long story. I, I just felt like I had to say that when you have that, you don't want to be a jerk because it it could come back to bite you where somebody says, hey, I'm the one with the stick now. Absolutely. That's why it's such a powerful weapon. I mean, or not a weapon, a lesson. I don't know if I'll ever be a guard in a prison, but if I am for any reason, guarantee I'm going to be considered the nice guard. <laughs> not gonna nice. risk it there so what's yep. your third lesson my third lesson is always go after bullies even if they are hitler mm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just how I am. I, I, I don't like bullies. Even people, I've even come across people who say that they personally are against bullies when they themselves <laughs> do not realize and they bully that, themselves. that they are a bully. I mean, it's like, now I'm not a big fan, you know, like nowadays in the last, I don't know, four or five years, maybe 10 years, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, you're bullying me or, you know, hey, this person's a bully. Well, a lot of times it's just calling almost like, in my opinion, crying wolf, like, oh, that guy's a bully. Mm-hmm. No, bullies, you know what a bully is. If somebody just says something that you don't like, that you're offended by, that's not a bully. No. Now, a bully is actually making you do something you don't want to do. Yeah. So I go after bullies. Gotcha. Good. I love that lesson. I love that one. Um, I do have a fourth lesson. Here it is. If they deserve to die, kill them. And one of the things that I really dislike about like Batman and Superman is that they just are not willing to kill the bad guys. But then you have Steve Rogers, Captain America, one of the greatest heroes ever. It's a war and they're trying to kill him. He's fully justified in fighting back and he does so. He he responds with the appropriate force, you know, and I love that about Captain America and about a lot of the DC superheroes, you know. I mean, uh, Marvel, I mean to say. Yeah, I agree. It's not where they're shying away from killing. I, I really appreciate that. Um, so, I, I I love that lesson, and that leads me into the Monday morning quarterback. Oh yeah. So my Monday morning quarterback is Doctor Erskine should have passed on the formula or you know procedure or whatever it might be on to somebody else, so that in case he died, the soldier program would not stop. I, it's it's sad, but this is a movie trope that I've seen many, many times, especially like Spider-Man. The very first, very, very first Spider-Man that had Tobey Maguire. It was a good Spider-Man, a really good story. I liked it, but I didn't like that how, oh, there's a bunch of radioactive spiders and one accidentally bites him and he turns into Spider-Man. I'm like, what if that spider did it again? Or mm-hmm. those other 20 spiders did it to somebody else? Like, you know, and, but no, it doesn't happen. So it's just because this one specific instance, they change. Now, I'm not saying that Captain America couldn't have happened, you know, and they couldn't have made a whole race or, you know, a bunch of soldiers. But I just thought my lesson would have been if I were Dr. Erskine, don't keep it to myself. I want to make sure that I could pass it around to the proper people, even if it's putting in a safe that in case I die, give this to the president and he could figure out who is the right person. It's something like that. Totally. I agree with that. I love that Monday morning quarterback. So that happened early in the movie. My Monday morning quarterback was later in the movie. Uh, do not capture Captain America when he tacks your base head on, right? Just so that you can gloat over the fact that you won the battle. Just kill him and move on with your plans. Red School made a huge tactical error in letting his guys capture Captain. <laughs> it was stupid. Absolutely stupid. Like, why would you... Just uh, another movie trope. <laughs> just like when uh, Dr. Evil having to explain mm-hmm. the whole plan and Scott, his son, saying, why, why are you talking? Just shoot him. Just yep. put, put a bullet. Scott, you don't get it. You just don't. <laughs> it's like, we're evil. This is what we do. We explain our whole thing. <laughs> exactly. Hey, he's a villain. He does. He just cannot help himself. He went to villain school, you know? Well, he, he went to uh, Badenon and got the wrong lessons from Badenon. <laughs> yep. You remember Badenon from uh, yeah. Wreck-It Ralph? I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, totally. yeah, he got that same lesson. Hey, speaking of villains and stuff, right, it always blows my mind how these guys, whether you are in Empire, an uh, uh, Empire, what, what am I thinking? In Star Wars, you know, you're you're just a stormtrooper for the Empire, or in this one, you're a soldier for Hydra. What gets you, like, for real, what would make somebody join Hydra or join the evil Empire? 
why would somebody willingly join a group that's down with killing people? You know what I mean? See, and causing genocide and ruling the world. Obviously, we're talking about movies here, but this has happened countless times mm-hmm. where people... I mean, I don't know what it takes. Actually, I kind of am getting towards it. Where I, I actually asked myself this question. How in the world would somebody go along with Hitler or Stalin? I know. Or Mussolini or Che Guevara, who literally killed millions or thousands, if not millions of people. Yeah. Like, how could you go along with somebody that's literally saying, that's the bad guy, go kill him? No, killing is wrong. But here's the sad thing. Anytime you have somebody espousing something that's immoral you really need to question what they're doing. It, whoever it is, you know, it could be, you know, the person down the street or anywhere. But if it's immoral, you really need to question it and think, I'm not a sheep. I don't follow. I either want to be like Captain America or just be somebody who is who values freedom and values life and don't go after the immoral things. Yeah, definitely. You know, that reminds me of the whole line in the movie when one of the soldiers says, do you know what you do? And he goes, I've knocked out Hitler 200 times. <laughs> I like that was a good line in the movie. So there was a little bit of humor thrown in, you know? Yeah, a little humor. Oh, I I really love Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Oh, without a doubt. He's fantastic. And I love, you know, there's a couple funny things that he says. But, um, you know, like one funny things. If if there's anything you have to say, now's a good time to keep it to yourself. (laughs) Or another one where um, Peggy kisses um, Captain Rogers while they're they're driving. And Tommy Lee Jones looks at him and says... Don't look at me. I'm not kissing you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. He just brings, he brings his Tommy Lee essence to any role. And it's great. It's, he's a fantastic, I wish I could see him in more movies. He is great in all the movies. Fugitive was a great movie that really, mm-hmm. in my mind, cause that's, Hey, we'll always have the men in black series, right? Men in black. Yeah. It was yep. just, yeah, he is, he is fu- super fun. Mm-hmm. I really, and also Hugo Weaving, man, oh, he yeah. plays so many good or he plays them well, so many characters and plays them so well. And seeing him from, um, I think the first time I saw him was in Matrix. Yep. And also seeing him in Lord of the Rings, seeing him here. Hugo Weaving's a fantastic actor. 100%. He killed it in this role. And it is a shame. I don't know what happened, but I guess he just didn't like playing in this role. Uh, because it would have been cool to see him in future movies or at a minimum as the Red Skull in Infinity War. You know, instead of the other actor who played him. Wait, wait, that wasn't Hugo Weaving? No, it wasn't. It was a uh, one of the guys he plays Aaron in The Walking Dead. Oh, I got Ross Marquand. No wow. I oh, just so assumed. you thought this whole time it was Hugo Weaving? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay, so Hugo Weaving did a fantastic job in this movie. Other than one thing, can you think of it? No. His accent was a horrible German accent. In fact, it was more Austrian. Oh well. Uh, I don't, I didn't notice. I mean, you spent some time over there. It sounded fine to me, but that was to my unskilled ears. So if you go back or when you do go back and watch it, listen to him talk and his accent that he uses, and then picture how Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's from Austria, says words and his accent. It's going to be the exact same. Now, a German accent is totally different. Well, I wouldn't say totally. I could tell the difference. Now, 
if you just picture um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he has the same accent. Hugo Weaving has the same accent as Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's from Austria, obviously different language. Um, and so um, uh, English being that, you know, you have a different way to say it. You anyway, so I just being I went to Germany this year in March and, you know, met a lot of people in Germany and they didn't sound like Austrians and Austrians sound different. And Hugo Weaving sounded like Austrian. So obviously I'm picking apart. I just thought it was funny. I was like, he sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ah, I didn't think about that at all. And uh, since we're on different actors and characters and stuff, I really liked Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes. You know, like I said, I never read the comic books. I, I knew Captain America and I knew who Bucky was, but I never read them. But I thought he played his role really well. I really liked him as Bucky. And I remember the first time I saw this when he fell off the train, I assumed he was dead. I didn't know that Bucky Barnes would come back eventually as, uh, as uh, you know, the Winter Soldier. It was pretty cool in a future movie seeing him come back. But when he fell down in this movie, super bummed. Absolutely. I, I have no clue what who the Winter Soldier was or that there was a Winter Soldier. I didn't read that many comics growing yeah. up. Um, I know you did. But uh, yeah, really, really neat to see him come back in the Winter Soldier. I've never seen him as an actor before this movie. So mm-hmm. it was great to see him. And I think he does a great job in him. Oh, without a doubt, he does. I've seen him in a couple movies, but nothing really notable. Yeah. Until this. Oh, hey, what uh, what prop would you like from the movie? Easy, and I know it's you're, you're going to think, oh, I didn't go this one because of this, but you have to have it. It's the, the iconic one, um, is the shield. I mean, just without a doubt for me, it's absolutely the shield. That is the coolest uh, prop that I could have. 100%. Which version of the shield would you want? Um, I'm thinking not the one that he's going around in. Um, not know, that acting. original tin one? Yeah, not that one, <laughs> but no, the actual one with the bullet grazed, you know, um, uh, where the paint is chipped off or something exactly. like that. There was yeah. one shot when there, it's kind of like a, a, a mashup of all different them attacking Hydra and stuff. When he busts through, looks like church doors or something, and yep. you see all the nicks and scratches in it, that's the shield I would want. I agree with you. Exactly. That's the one I would want. Yeah, but I knew you were going to choose the shield, so I decided, you know, I'll have something of Hydra. I'll take one of those Tesseract-powered guns with that bright blue light in the middle of it. Nice. So it was really cool seeing, and the I, I, reason why I brought up the, watching Captain America is because I wanted to see, you know, obviously with Avengers, the Avengers 4, I don't know the name yet. I think it's, it might, I've heard a couple rumors that it might be like, it called like the Last Avenger or something, I don't know. Some, there was another name, but I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, Mark Ruffalo is trying to get the um, the clearance or just you know let out some um, spoilers. But what's interesting is I wanted to go back and see where they got the Tesseract because I couldn't, I didn't remember where the Tesseract came from, and it was Odin's, or they said it was one of Odin's tries jewels or pre- possessions or treasures or weapons. And so, you know, how is it on Earth and all that sort of stuff? So that was kind of neat to see where the Tesseract came from. Uh, yeah, that was that was really cool seeing the connection between the Tesseract or between this Captain America movie and the Thor movie, which leads really well into the Avengers movie, which the Avengers came out one year uh, after this one here. And uh, did, did you did you watch all the way to the very end to see that little Avengers trailer at the very end? Oh, yeah. I remember seeing it in the movie theater. I'm like, oh, what? An Avengers movie? No way. This looks awesome. Yeah, I felt the exact same way. And just, just seeing that message at the end, uh, the message said Captain America will return in the Avengers. I just, I love how they do that message. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, at the end of it, they said the Guardians will return. Or just, I love that message because now I know there's going to be another one. So I'm going to get more out of these awesome characters I love, you know? They did a great job. And 
you know, with the MCU being uh, from the very beginning, having the, the plan of telling a story with many movies, you know, we're used to maybe doing, um, you know, a, a, a trilogy, three movies, a trilogy or something, or you have like 48 movies in the Fast and the Furious altogether. <laughs> there you so go. So something in the middle would be like you have the uh, MCU, but different stories all coming together. I'm just blown away. Did you get that book yet that documents how it actually is done? No, uh, it's supposed to be coming out in May, uh, so we'll see. It's supposed to be $150, all about Marvel 10 years, but I did order another book uh, that's coming. It should be arriving at my home today from Amazon, and I think it's kind of very similar to what I'm going to be paying even more for in the future. Very cool. Yeah, so I'm looking for. I'll share it. When you come into town for Christmas, I'll share it with you. Awesome, awesome. But yeah, that's that's all that I have. I mean, great movie. Um, I don't have much more to, to share, but I really, really enjoyed every bit. Even the action was really, really good. Um, yeah, very well, well done movie. It was one last thing for me. I really like the end scene with Captain America waking up in that fake hospital. What a shock that would be. It's been 70 years. Everybody you know is dead except for Agent Carter, who right now is, you know, resting in a bed somewhere. But man, what a shock that would be. And I really like seeing Nicolas Cage. It was cool seeing Captain America jump out into the streets of New York. He's suddenly running in New York. And my guess is he kind of recognizes Times Square. It's new and uh, uh, electronically enhanced now, but that would be such a shock what he went through. Absolutely. I mean, just imagine us waking up seven years from now, seeing how different everything would be. But you know what would be crazy? Everybody would still be wearing blue jeans and sneakers in 70 years. That would be super crazy. And they're all wearing, they're all wearing similar colors and pictures together. Yeah, because, well, exactly that. (laughs) But you know how every movie in the future, like if you think of Demolition Man, everybody's wearing flowing robes and brown colors and tanned. No, no, no. In 70 years, everyone is still wearing jeans and t-shirts, I guarantee. (laughs) Good. Uh, That's a good prophecy. I think that's going to come true. Yep, yep, for sure. All righty. So I think we covered everything. Any final little thoughts, Dust? No, I'm good to go. Alrighty, cool beans. So this was your choice this week. Uh, for next week, I want to do one more old Thor movie because there's nothing... Or I just said Thor movie. I want to do the first Thor uh, from 20, 2011, I think it was. Nice. That was a good one. I Now, the, the middle one, the one in the bar- begin, or the middle there, the second one, is kind of forgettable for me, but the first yeah. one was really good. Totally. You know what I know about this first one, though, that I'm looking... I haven't seen it in quite a while, but I'm looking forward to seeing Chris Hemsworth's uh, his eyebrows because they dyed them blonde for this movie as a really weird decision. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had no idea. And you know, also is really interesting. You see, and because we're going to be watching it, watch for Thor. When you first see him coming into the castle to become the next king, this is the only time other than in part three, Ragnarok, where he has the wings on his helmet. He has a helmet with wings. This is the only time. Now, the other time is when he goes to fight Hulk. He puts on the helmet, then pulls the chin strap down or whatever it is, and it pops up the wings. So watch for that. That's the only time he has the helmet with the wings. Nice. I'm definitely going to look for that. Oh, speaking of the helmet with the wings and Thor, do you remember Adventures in Babysitting? Who was Thor in that movie? Yeah, Private Pile. Yeah, exactly. Private (laughs) Pile was Thor. Isn't that crazy just thinking about absolutely super crazy yep yeah oh vincent d'onofrio have you seen i know you have netflix have you seen the third season of daredevil no oh my did you watch the first two no should i you should watch the first two 
uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is great in the first season. He kills it. He should win awards. He should be commended for the rest of his life is he for Kingpin? his portrayal of of a uh, Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin, in so the third he, season. He, he plays Kingpin. I just guess so he yeah, plays he, Kingpin. Freaking amazing! Yes, I love so. Vincent D'Onofrio, I remember obviously seeing him in um, Platoon, being pri- Private Pile, and going from Private Pile, I remember seeing him in Adventures Babysitting, being Thor, you know, from the um, uh, mechanic shop or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, he thinned out. He's a buff dude. Look at that. That's pretty awesome. That's the, is that the same guy? Mm-hmm. And then seeing him in subsequent movies like um, he was Men in, in The Black. Cell. Um, uh, remember the cell with uh, Jennifer Lopez? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was, huh? Yeah. I try to say it like like Cartman, like Cartman Jennifer did. Lopez. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's Hinefa. Hinefa Lopez. Yeah, Hinefa Lopez. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll if he's if uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is in that, I'll watch it. I think he's a great great actor. You've got to check it out. I highly recommend it. Well, uh, cool beans. So I guess it'll be Thor next week. So for the audience, thank you very much for listening. Now that you know how we feel about Captain America, the first Avenger, we would love to hear your thoughts. So please visit the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 26. Go there, leave a comment, look at our life lessons, watch the trailer, and uh, please just let us know what you think about the show. So thanks again for listening, and we will return next week with... Thor.